welcome back to Glee on the Rocks. I'm Mav. I'm Emily. And I'm Mandy. And today we are talking uh, episode two of season two, Brittany, Brittany. It premiered on September 28th, 2010, and was watched by 13.5 million people, uh, which is crap ton of people. Let's just take a moment to remember exactly how many people watched this show at the beginning? Because they're definitely doing the later, but like 13.5 million people is, I'm pretty sure that's winning the time slot. Uh, yes, I believe so. I, I would think so. All right, so just like a little background in case you haven't seen the episode recently. The new directions are chosen to perform at the school pep assembly. Kurt requests Britney Spears, but Will doesn't like the idea. When Emma brings in her boyfriend dentist, Carl Howell, to the Glee Club meeting, he finds out that some of the Glee Club members are not brushing enough. As he helps them with oral hygiene and puts them on anesthesia, they have Britney Spears fantasies. Britney Spears uh, appears in some of the dream sequences caused by anesthesia in the dentist's office. This episode was written and directed by Ryan Murphy, which, yeah, sort of feel <laughs> like I, I, as, as you're reading or I guess I, I'm reading, as you're listening to the, uh, the synopsis, I feel like it's kind of easy to go, yeah, yeah, no, that, that makes sense. So, uh, you know, as mentioned, 13 and a half million people watched it, but uh, there's kind of mixed, mixed reviews on this. Um, the AV Club criticized its slightness of plot and incongruousness with uh, incongruous musical numbers. Yes. Well, uh, words are... <laughs> Words are hard. Uh, Houston Chronicle, however, thought that the fantastical nature was kind of awesome, uh, and so therefore called the episode brilliant, seeing as how the that was the fantastical nature of it is, is sort of the whole backbone to how we're able to do this. I uh, kind of wanted to hear what you guys thought on basically using a a dream using dream sequences as a way to do batshit things which is something you know we will i'm sure we will talk about again and again with with glee because they do it multiple times but let's let's start here what do, what do we think about it um manny i'm gonna let you go first <laughs> i'm gonna go ahead and say that i don't think i hated it as much as either of you did um but that doesn't mean i liked it either <laughs> Um, I mean, it was a filler episode and nothing happened plot wise. Uh, and it was definitely Glee shoehorning in musical numbers just to fit a theme. Uh, but I liked that you got to see Heather Morris actually do something besides be the butt of rape jokes, even though there was also some of that. Yes. I, yes. I, I felt like they wanted an episode where they could let people besides Rachel do things and couldn't be bothered to come up with a plot for it. Yes, because I did love the chance for her to show off her dancing ability. Um, yeah, and to... then she and, she and Naya had a song, which at that point in the series, she and Naya didn't get a lot to do. Yeah, no, that was great. I just felt like because it had like nothing to do with the show that it was too early in the season for such an obvious filler episode. Like if this had come at seven or eight after we had had a good month and a half of, of plot driven episodes. And then we have like a breather episode of fun Britney Spears songs and like hot women dancing and singing. 
cool, but this was the second episode of the season, and that seemed just way too soon to like punt the ball. I mean, yeah. it, it's it's interesting um, to say that because it, it's it seems that after the power of Madonna did really well, Ryan Murphy was like, I want to do more tribute episodes. I so know, and they're all bad. Went, so yeah, he specifically <laughs> went in like this was one of two for the season because he's like, I want to do this, and yeah, I don't think it's bad to go cool. I want to do a thing, so we're gonna we're gonna make it work. Um, I just don't know that they they did. Um, Cause I know this, this episode was also um, hyped to kind of be the debut um, for Heather Morris um, mm-hmm. as it, it was supposed to be sort of like her vehicle from going from reoccurring to a regular character. Cause she was a fan favorite, I am told. So <laughs> the, which, to be fair, I, I don't dislike Brittany um, at this point in the, in the, yeah. in the season. It, I don't think I have anything to like or dislike about her. So for that reason, I, I think I'm very instinctively like on the the side of the character, Brittany, just because I'm so mad that they constantly make her a victim of rape, except humorously. Yes. Mm-hmm. Because rape's funny. Side yeah, note, rape, my, rape's not funny. My overriding thought is always, oh, she deserved better. Heather Morris deserves better as an actress, but you know, she, the she does. Well, uh, I mean, I guess jumping jumping slightly to that, I mean, they do, as you said, bring up the um, <laughs> they do bring up continual rape jokes in this episode. It's not just um, it's not just he- uh, Heather's character or you know Brittany by any means, but without a doubt, she's the one that gets gets to be the butt of those jokes continually, as if to say she's really dumb. It's really easy to take a sexual advantage of her. Um, <laughs> <laughs> One, what is our thought? Pretty sure I know what that is. And, yeah. uh, you know, let's, uh, let's expand on this a little bit, considering Ryan can't stop making these jokes. Yeah. So, like, okay, this might be, this isn't, hmm, okay, let me, let me rewind and answer directly and then go my roundabout thing that I was thinking about throughout the entire episode. Um, the, the initial thought is rape jokes aren't funny, right? They weren't funny the first time this happened in the in the show. They're not funny now, and they continue to not be funny. And I, I, just you always have to ask. You have to question: Are they just bad writers? Is it because they're men? Is it because they couldn't spend fifteen minutes trying to figure out a, a better joke that didn't include probing and roofies, like actual roofies? And for no one to take Brittany aside and say, hey, maybe we should discuss what's happening to you outside of the classroom. Um, so then it, it, this episode, because it involved Brittany Spears, who has a long history of being um, vilified in the media while experiencing like mental health problems and being mocked and made fun of in the middle of like a mental health crisis yeah and then it then her getting not compared getting tied to Brittany on glee who is a character whose mental status is like in flux in question we're never quite sure is she dumb is she playing a joke on it like you're never quite sure why she is the way she is and then at the end of the series like oh she's a fucking genius like what the fuck 
so that I felt like this episode was inadvertently touching on this weird inability for people to take mental health crises and the surrounding uh, issues seriously. Because Brittany in the beginning has this line about like, I look forward to the day that paparazzi provoke me and I attack them. Like, yeah, but the real Britney Spears was having a fucking breakdown brought on by a number of things that are, that were kind of introduced upon her by the media and by fan and fandom and the way expectations are thrust upon celebrities and all that kind of shit. And it, it's just still mocked a little bit. And that there's not a clear, I can't give you like a clear thesis of Britney in the show and mental health. And like, I don't, I don't have a, I didn't write a thesis paper, but it was the one thing I couldn't not think about during this episode. And that there's no, there's no solution. I don't have like an answer, but. That makes me wonder if the actual Britney Spears had like approval of it. I mean, for all we know, she never even actually understood what the rest of the episode was. Yeah. Interestingly, uh, Britney Spears actually went to Ryan Murphy uh, specifically and wanted to do something with him. So uh, from from what I was looking up, she approached Ryan. Now, I and, and I don't necessarily know if she has like veto proof on like what was in the rest of the episode, but that but much. That's, I mean, that I mean, we could have a whole podcast about Britney Spears, but like she's under a conservatorship. She doesn't actually get to make a lot of career decisions for herself because she was deemed in, unable to make those kinds of decisions for herself. And mm-hmm. that's an interesting piece of everything. And, you know, her, she played herself in this episode, which I thought was disappointing. I think it would have been much more fun if she was playing um, another Glee uh, club ju- or um, coach or a, 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 some character that she could be someone else and just not a, a weird cameo of herself. Yeah, I mean, she felt a bit like a punchline in the scene. It was like, yeah. oh, haha, that's Britney Spears, not like mm-hmm. something they were taking seriously as part of the episode. Yeah. Anyway. Because again, you can have these really strange, funny, fantastical elements of like everyone on the show is getting their teeth cleaned and they all have uh, hallucinations and, and dreams about. Britney Spears like I I can buy that that's fine that's you've given me the setup and you've given me the punchline right like uh the ether causes Britney Spears daydreams got it but then like for so what and they, they didn't even use these um fantasy sequences to tell a character story right well except for Artie right Artie was the one who his fantasy sequence was pursuant to his character arc of wanting to play football, to be cool, to be strong, to be something masculine because blah, 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 masculinity. But like, what, what was the rest of it? It was just Brittany in a cat suit. Yeah. Like Brittany, blah, 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 masculinity. I feel like that's such a... <laughs> blah, 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 masculinity. No one gives a shit. <laughs> that's how I feel about masculinity. Um, anyway yeah I mean it's watching the the episode it it just it felt like the dance scenes uh, songs you know dance breaks as they were more just for a um, 
look what we can do. We mm -hmm. have Britney Spears catalog. And so therefore we're going to do this thing. We're going to see, you know, do these, do these songs for no necessary reason other than other than that we can, as yeah. opposed to let's make these, these work within some sort of larger narrative, because you could do a Britney tribute episode and do a, hello, this is, you know, Britney's character. Let's talk, let's, let's kind of introduce her um, and do that and still make it all go together and, and do a, you know, have a well thought out plot line, all substance, no plot, which is, is a, which by the way, is not just a critic critique I have of, of this show. It's a critic critique I have of many movies. All substance, it's, no plot. Yes. Yes. This happens many times for a lot of different things. So, but definitely here and, and some, and even sometimes even the substances now. Nah. Like going back to talking about, you know, where you have uh, Brittany being the continual um, butt of, of rape jokes continually. I yeah. still, I don't, I'm going to double down on what I said last uh, podcast because this was written, written and directed by Ryan Murphy, which is that I don't think Ryan Murphy likes women. I think he thinks he does, but he doesn't. Yeah. Because in continually writing jokes about ha 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 being probed, um, Jacob Ben Israel is masturbating to pictures of Rachel. That and dude needs to be arrested. I fucking like this character is. That's not fun. I mean, oh, do God. do teenage boys probably masturbate to photos of of women that they do not get their consent from? Absolutely. Because I was gonna say you really could have stopped after do teenage boys masturbate and the rest I mean, of the sentence is it, yes no matter what. Fill in just about anything after that sentence. Anything. And the question and the answer is gonna be yes. And but at the same time, I feel like is that a thing that happens? Yes. Is that a thing that we need to to show on television and nope. or make seem or make and or normalize in a way that's especially when it's like I'm not gonna say not his friend, but it is like a cohort member. Yeah. And you, and you damn well know if she knew, she would not be okay with that. So yeah, no, I, I, I am doubling down and I still uh, would like, if somebody has evidence to prove me wrong, that Ryan Murphy actually likes women and it's, you know, evidence where he has done actions as opposed to just little paid lip service to, Please bring it forward because I don't think he does. Ryan Murphy is the type of person who will like say that kids are cute if he's looking at like a picture you're showing him and then like request a different table in a restaurant if he's actually by them. Yeah. That's yeah. like Chris a different table. He'd ask that he'd have the manager kick him out. Yeah. Um That's I how mean, I like to eat. Oh, absolutely. Uh no, no. I, I think you'd be very hard pressed to find like him ever directly acknowledging it but you can get a lot from actions over words absolutely yeah i mean because i'm sure people you could find stuff where he says oh he says he's like he's such a champion of women's rights but it's like how and or in what way yeah champion of women's rights until they can be made the punchline of a bad rape joke yeah and I think that that says enough. It's like just enough that you think it's funny that some, but that up until what season was it? Four or five, where you decided to randomly make her a genius. You think it's funny to have the the really dumb blonde uh, be 
taken care uh, you know taken advantage of taking mm -hmm. care of but it's entirely different and a different uh direction there I, I I don't know if there's much more that we can say about our our thoughts, feelings, and opinions on on Ryan Murphy's a continual reliance on rape jokes being funny, um, but it's it's heartening to see that apparently that was also something that was frustrating fandom at the time. Uh, P.S. We totally go through with you know went through Tumblr circa 2010. By we I mean like Emily, which. <laughs> So kudos to her for going through, uh, through yeah, the path. Listen, you guys think your your secrets are, are safe and buried away? They're not. No. We're nope. looking for them. Specifically because we want to know, you know, what did what were what were people thinking when you guys were watching this? And it's always heartening to say, oh good. It's not both good and bad, I guess. Good that we were all on the same page back then. Bad that we were all on the same page back then and we're still there. So yeah. <laughs> cool. Cool, cool, cool. We're reading the same damn book over and over again, and it's the same fucking paragraph. Anyway. I mean, there's going to be stuff that we people will start to disagree on. Um, especially when it comes to, like, ships. Yeah. Uh, but for the most part, uh, the way Brittany was treated, especially in these early seasons, is pretty, um, pretty agreed upon, as far as we can tell. Mm-hmm. Now, if you're out there and you think that these were hilarious jokes, please come and explain to us uh, why rape is funny. Yeah, just slide into our DMs and let us know. They're open. We're we're happy to happy to yeah. entertain those those thoughts. And by entertain them, I mean we will be making fun of them. Anyway, <laughs> like if your answer is to tell us that it's not that deep, then you have to immediately go leave us five dollars on our coffee account. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yep. You can you can give us an answer, but there's a penalty for it. There's an automatic coffee fee if you say it's just not it's just a TV show. Yeah. In which case we go, hmm, yeah. Then we yeah. come into your homes and we take your coffee. And then we punch you in the face. We punch you. <laughs> and and then and then pet your dog and or yeah. cat. Yeah. Because they didn't do anything wrong. It's not their fault that that you're a dick. It's fine. Mm-hmm. This this got slightly dark. And or nice, depending on if they have really cute dogs. Listen, it's important. Media is important. The media we consume is important. It's absolutely important. Especially uh, this show. I mean, there's a reason that we're making a podcast on this show. It actually hit a lot of teens in a really formative way. Hey, it's 19.5 million people. That was a lot of people. Yeah, I was going to say, none of us were teenagers. But we're all still uh, talking about it years later, so clearly... It left some kind of traumatic mark on us. <laughs> yes. Yes, it did. Indeed. And so and because, you know, if I was 12 and watching the show, what's to say that you don't internalize some of these things that are being... That's how internalization works. You absorb impressions throughout the day. And if Glee is just another thing that you are internalizing, thinking, I'm not pretty, this is how I have to interact with my boyfriend I have to have a boyfriend to be considered complete or a girlfriend like wherever you're lying that it, it's all it all adds up so you can't you can't say Glee is just a tv show because there is no just a tv show it all builds up it's the flip side of exactly what Glee so much praise for because it normalized and like 
gave people a positive internalization of, oh, girls can have girlfriends, boys can have boyfriends. But like, I I feel like it definitely at points the bad outweighed the good. Yeah, it does. Especially, you know, it's not like they shied away from some of the harder hitting or, or deeper subjects. Like, they went after them. Like, Kurt's uh, bullying and eating disorders. And it's just all fucked up. Like, it's not that it's done well. Um, it's, it's, it's sort of like they, they do some weird facilitation between super dark comedy um, to the point of not, and it's just dark. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after school special. Yeah. And there is a way of addressing a, a you know, I th- there absolutely is a way to bring up and have certain things on the show and have it maybe be slightly humorous, but address yeah. the problematic parts of it without becoming hey you know turning to the camera hey kids has anybody ever asked you to smoke drugs just say no (laughs) so i mean yeah because like in this episode with uh shu and emma emma is a character who has a long-standing mental health issue with her ocd and her uh, yeah i guess it's really just an ocd issue right Mm um and Shu knows about it. He's known about it for however long they've been teaching together. They have actively discussed it. They have done all of these things. He purports to be in love with her and supportive of her. And she is telling him about the grapes that she and Carl were eating, where it was like a triumph for her that the red grapes and the green grapes got mixed together. And if you're someone with OCD and that's a trigger for you, that's a, it's a, an important step to be able to sit down and eat foods mixed together when previously that would have caused you panic, right? And fucking Shu is just sitting there like, whatever, eat your grapes. Like, so you you don't like her. You don't care about her. You don't care about her triumphs. And, and yet they still end up together. So, like, he does all these dismissive things towards Emma. And in the end, they still are put forward as a couple that we should care about and be invested in when he treats her like garbage yeah there's actually another moment in this episode um that i made a note of that i was just had a that very regular feeling of being absolutely sick of seeing shoes face on the screen But it's when he's telling well, Emma that, my club. Yeah, it's when he's telling Emma that like all these changes he's been trying to do are because he wasn't good enough for her. Just like the tone was so like emotional manipulation. Like yeah. she made a very mature, good choice to pursue mm-hmm. a relationship that she felt a lot better about, that was simpler, not dealing with all of his shit, and he's just out there guilt tripping her immediately. But what about me? Yeah, like, self-improvement isn't a manipulation tactic. Yeah. Not so much the fact that if it is self-improvement, but it's for her, is that really... Is that really self-improvement? Not really. I mean, I... I, Because it's brought up, I'm now going to go on to my... my, I hate shoe hill. (laughs) 
I'm gonna get on my my I sh I hate shoe pants for this. Um, first of all, <laughs> he has the emotional uh, emotional width of a, like a teaspoon. What was mm. what's Hermione? Mm -hmm. What's Hermione's quote? Not everybody has the emotional. I think it's like the emotional depth of a teaspoon. Something. There like we that. go. That's also shoe. He's he's essentially like a teenager in like and I mean in so many things. But um, I mean, trying to to relive his high school with, um, you know, via Finn and and everything. But I mean, he literally performs with them in this episode. Is, so true. Really? Why, why wouldn't you let this actual students do the performance? But no, I mean, you're going to you're going to be in it, too. OK, I which, by the way, having I did not do Glee, but I did theater. Never did our theater director ever get on stage with us and perform ever so there's that but um and she and she was like in her early 20s so she was like young anyway moving on um what what just i guess amused the fuck out of me here was uh shu gets you know kind of upset about carl which sidebar emma stay with carl this yeah. is good good for you girl stay with him he, he's stable he's got a good job he's not shoe love it um so he goes and buys a fucking car because you know carl has this and mm -hmm. who who gets to be the voice of reason our good friend terry terry Terry, who does show up as like a screeching harpy to begin with which i thought was some bullshit retconning yeah uh-huh uh -huh. Like with her, fur, was she wearing like a fake fur coat or some nonsense? Like that pissed no. me off. But then at least she got to say the things that everyone's thinking that he's once again I, reliving his fucking high school days. I was rooting I, for. I always rooted yeah. for. And also, if she, I don't, I know it's supposed to be a a bad um, stereotype, like the divorcee in like fur. But I was like, I don't fucking care. You <laughs> wear whatever the fuck you want, Terry. Also. I bet you her really rich boyfriend that she found probably really bought her for that, bought her that. And so good for you, Terry. Or maybe she bought it herself. Yeah. Good for you too. She got her own money. She got that job at Sheets and Things. <laughs> Sheets and Things. The Things happens to be for coats. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was happy to see her show up, even, even if only briefly. I did forget she was in it. I was so excited when I saw her again. I was like, oh, oh God, yes. Yeah. Okay, too. So uh, um, going to briefly jump back to a, a few other things that we were talking about earlier, um, specifically about this episode being a vehicle for Heather Morris as, as, you know, bringing her character forward. How good of a job do we think we did that they did with this? I mean, she certainly got to look hot. But did you did you actually get any thing more about Brittany yeah no like about the character no yeah. I no mean, we... I I felt like it was them showing off that Heather can dance and yeah. aesthetically I appreciated it maybe that's why I didn't hate the episode as much as you could <laughs> <laughs> I was like I was distracted it was fine it was a great episode I'm sorry were there other people in the episode there were <laughs> there were yes oh no Kevin was it was just yeah. Kevin. Yeah. It was just Kevin and Heather 
that was the only that was the only people in the episode that might have redeemed the episode <laughs> it was just like forget any semblance of plot it's just a what 42 minute long concert with dance scenes oh my god actually that's fine i yeah. would love to see a 42 minute long dance with heather and kevin and also mike chang yeah yeah i, I would have been into that's that. fine that would have been great but no, to answer you, like character development wise, no, there was nothing. Cool. I'm going to put that down as a fail then. Failed at, at, show, at, at introducing the character in any way that we didn't already know, other than to say, look, she's pretty and she can dance, which sidebar we knew. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, um, it's not like she's never danced on the show before. It's not like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, if uh, oh, I can't even think of someone who can't dance on the show because they all can. Corey. Corey can't dance. Corey couldn't dance. Well, can dance better than I can, so. Which isn't saying much, I guess. As I watched it, I also wondered a bit, though, if it was because Heather's not the best actress. But I Mm. also, well, I don't know why they couldn't have just given, like, Naya a, like, meteor role in it. Mm Mm-hmm. Because they were both introduced as new characters. Yeah. Except that would have involved, like, script writing and big lead writers were just not about that no look they were stringing together songs that's what they were doing today yeah they were and it seems like they had the entirety of britney spears's catalog at hand because they do another britney spears episode in like mm-hmm. what season four Brit- uh-huh. like britney 2.0 so they're which not- is also the second second episode in that uh in that yeah. so it's not like they're short on britney spears songs and these are the ones they picked and I, you know, Slave for You, So She Looks Hot, Baby One More Time, obviously. Stronger was the only one that made thematic sense for the character singing it. So, like, they could have they could have picked some better Britney Spears songs is all I'm saying. So, um, also, <laughs> yes, there is a lot to pick from. Although, I think Circus had just come out. So, the all... So everything past circus would be not doable. But that's still, I mean, it's still a, a lot of songs because Britney's pretty prolific. Yeah, um, she's got, yeah. I mean, um, one random song by Paramore. I know, because Rachel yeah. has to fucking stand out in every goddamn episode. She can't, ah, that pissed me off so Listen much. Listen to the they, fucking brief, Rachel. Well, but like, it felt like, they couldn't let this episode really be all about Heather Morris and they had to give her the last song, right? Yeah. Like, it couldn't just be like, all right, I wonder here's... if that was a Leah Michelle writer. Well, that's what I'm wondering. It's like, they couldn't just let it be all about Britney Spears. We had to come in at the very end with one extra song and it just annoyed me. Well, if it makes you feel better, um, apparently... Uh, Leah Michelle was panned pretty hard for her rendition of Baby One More Time. Well, it is pretty bad. Yeah. So was, I was it's just say, not her. It's not her style. She can't loosen up enough to sing those kinds of songs. It's where Leah always falls flat in these episodes. Is when I, they have to try to do songs that are like either sexy or poppy. That's it. I say I cannot listen to Leah Michelle sing a pop song. No, it doesn't um, work. Because it's not her style. It's not her voice. I mean, this by, again, she's a great singer, but I think she's a Broadway voice. And there 
are some singers, I think, that can easily, not easily, but can straddle that that line and that tone, but yeah. it's hard. And I don't think she's one of them. It's not. And so it just feels like, it feels, it reminded me a little bit of if an alien came down and tried <laughs> to like replicate a Britney Spears, like a sexy Britney Spears performance, that's what it would look like. Like you hit all of the technical parts, but not there. <laughs> You're saying the words, but I'm not hearing the song. But it's not, it's not really, it's not really there. Um, so yeah, that was that particular, her doing that song was a, was a no from me. <laughs> that's, a, that's a no from me. Thank you. Uh, and with Baby One More Time, that whole thing about Rachel dressing sexier to keep oh. Finn's attention, which was just a redo of what she did last season. And they're, they oh, even yeah. reference it. Like, you don't get to call out your own lazy writing in the second episode of the second season. And then also make it seem like it's okay because it's self-referential. That doesn't yeah. make it okay. <laughs> That's, it's not self-referential yet. It's just bad. Like in the sixth season, if she was like, remember that time I dressed sexy for you? And they're like, oh yeah, that's when I didn't learn enough about my own person. No, no, no. It's just, she's doing it again for the same reason. She's being manipulative to try and keep a boy. And it's, it's a problem that girls have. It needs to be addressed because ladies, no man is worth anything. But she, it, it never feels like she's written to be learning these things. It's just that she does it again. And her whole, she, her, her thing about like, in order for this relationship to work, we can't control each other as she's literally trying to control him. And I, as she continually goes on to control him and like, see yeah. And it's, you know, if she had said that, and the point of that arc was that she learns that she can't do that, then that's fine. But she doesn't because she does it again, which is the Rachel Berry problem where... Honestly, if she if she had sang, oops, I did it again, it would have been <laughs> way better. That would have been funny. It's just like, she's fallible. Make her fallible. That's fine. She doesn't have to be this character who can't really fuck up in a lasting way. And that's the thing is it's not it's not that she can't fuck up. It's that you're having her fuck up the exact same way. And they don't yeah. have and it doesn't have to be like, okay, she goes from A to Z, but it's like there should be progression. And yeah. there's not it's progression, not not repetitive. And there's also the the frustration I have is I'm like, cool, so you're your 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 key um couple. The one that we're your a couple that we're supposed to root for, you're having the girl basically go. I'm gonna dress, you know. I don't want you to do something else that that'll take you your time away from me. And then I'm gonna dress more provoc provocatively to keep your attention. But I still don't feel that the the you know the final answer at the end of the day, you know, when you kind of you know turn to the TV to say, girls you shouldn't do this but and also you don't need to do this and also please don't i don't yeah. feel like that is really defined and again you don't need to turn to the camera to say that but the the point of pointing out that rachel trying to change herself to keep somebody's attention isn't what you should do nor should you manipulate somebody to keep their attention don't do that is really 
highlighted as as the negative that it is. So yeah. you have 13.5 million people watching, many of whom are probably in like the thir- what the 12 to 18 demographic. You should need you should be highlighting that. Yeah. So and and the lack of doing so frustrates me. Yeah. Always. Um, Ur, arg. So um, a little re- going back to my notes here, um, I have something written down that I really want to talk about. Yes. So basically, I'm using this entire thing as a segue into uh, this whole episode starts out initially with Schuster saying Britney Spears is a bad role model. Let's talk about how wrong he is. <laughs> yeah. No, he's very, very wrong. Very wrong, yeah. Um, I, we are all, I'm going to speak for all of us very pro Britney Spears, at least as a person. I, I can't speak for our music. I can't speak for musical taste. I'm I'm pro Britney Spears as like partly a cautionary tale about the media and youth mm-hmm. and also the ability of someone to make it through mm-hmm. mostly intact. Um oh. and also making some real good jams. Yeah. I mean I, I... I think it's fairly obvious that she went through a a ton of of really bad bullshit. Yeah, uh, really bad shit. I mean, God, goodness knows we we've heard a lot of Me Too stories about people in Hollywood. I can only imagine what may have happened in her life. Yeah. I'm not going to speculate, but I'm sure it wasn't great. And yeah. and she was because she was on TV in the Mickey Mouse Club at what 14, 15? Yeah. And went straight into making music and, and, and her family's that was not supportive in, in the way it needed to be. So I'm very much on the leave Britney Spears alone. I mean, <laughs> she, yeah, in, in, in the, in the, stop me. Of course she has a breakdown and then the entire country just makes fun of her as opposed to going, Oh God, this poor woman needs help. Yeah. So I, I very much, very much uh, disliked anybody saying Britney Spears was not a role model. And I'm not saying you should go down that path, but just that, like you said, you can get through it and you can make some awesome jams. Yeah. Along the way. You too can make some jams. Exactly. And also, yeah. like, never be famous as a kid. Don't do it. Don't yeah. let your parents make you do it. It's not worth the money that you're probably going to blow on Coke and cars you can't afford and have to have impounded. Or that you'll never see parents. That Yes, that you're probably never actually going to get. You know, interestingly... Go um, to school, don't be famous. <laughs> that is what we're saying here. What I think is also interesting, and this is, I, I'm so sorry for li- some listeners that are going to get super bored right now, um, but it does kind of bring up a, an interesting thought where the um, if you compare uh, Britney Spears as sort of like the amalgamation of what a lot of child stars go through. Um, and I would consider her to be a successful case because she's still yeah. making music right now. Um, compared to, say, Daniel Radcliffe, who is my go-to for child star in, the, in Britain. Um, it's just it's always really interesting to see how the two fare or how they end up as adults. Mm-hmm. But it seems mm-hmm. like, without a doubt, <laughs> Inevitably, we chew up our, our, our kid, you know, children actors and spit them out. And maybe they're slightly okay 
and most likely not. Whereas I feel like in in other countries, and the only one I can compare here is is Britain, is to say no, they're actually somewhat decently like they're okay, they're fine. Not sure what we do wrong. Sure, we do a lot of things wrong. But it's, I mean, it's an interesting point. To be fair, Radcliffe took off his uh, Harry Potter glasses and then got naked on stage. Yeah, I mean, it, to have that, sex with a horse. So, like, uh, you know, and it, I watched it. To be fair, that was a, he was paid for it, and that was a role. <laughs> and if that's the only yes. thing he's going to do, I think I think we we can all say that was a that's astounding for a child actor. Most of them, they'll do that but not make the same amount of money <laughs> or get the same sort of critical acclaim. They'll just do sure. it because they need it. Well, the, the no. difference is also he's a man. Uh, he's a man. Also yes. that. Anyway, that, that is slightly off topic. And I now really want to do a sidebar uh, podcast. We're like, Let's discuss childhood actors. But that's for another day. Um, my, my, last, my last note here is um, so the the episode kind of ends on the the sex riot, which was hilarious. Toxic <laughs> is a sex riot, but like, what was it? Push it from season one. Yeah, didn't uh-huh. didn't end in a sex riot. Is that just because that was super unsexy? I or... like to think it was super unsexy. Yeah. Okay. Maybe that's why. I, I mean, mean they're also think... like children. Yeah, but I mean, they were children in Push It too. I know. <laughs> So I feel like, okay, was it, was this, like, to me, like, I'm like, this wasn't any worse than Push It, so I don't know. Except Push It was just really awkward watching. This one was only a little awkward watching. Ugh. Yeah, it just gives me the bleh. On the heebie-jeebie scale, how, how, how high <laughs> was this one? It's pretty high. It's less, it's not, hmm. Hmm. It's, because Shu is part of it but they're older and they look older because like at, Most of at, during push it culver looked prepubescent and yes. that's not right and really so did like amber riley like they just look like children yeah um um i'm not into it <laughs> yeah, fair enough so um last also but... why toxic i mean i guess because it was a popular britney spears song but i still think there would have been like there were, there were, uh, yeah, there were better songs. There were. I like Toxic, but um, like, what if they had all done that, um, like the "You Drive Me Crazy" at the skating rink that April Rhodes owns? Like, do the whole thing. <laughs> like, they've got a skating rink that she, she's right there, and they could have had. Any. They forgot about that. Continuity. It would have helped the show so much. Surely. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> Surely Rachel could have sung I'm not a girl, not yet a woman, and it would have sounded better. I feel like, oh, oh, she should have sung uh, Lucky. Yeah, Lucky would have been great. They could have done the swing thing when she sits on that swingy thing and they have could a whole scene. The they can make... Rachel they already can got have, like, ringlets in her hair. Yeah. Finger curls. This is Basically... making me realize that you guys know a lot more about Britney Spears music than I do. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I've heard of Toxic before. Maybe I was their target audience. I was. <laughs> I was that one. And I remember I was, it was the but <laughs> I was fun. all about PRL. I knew my shit. 
Yes. Did so you watch, did you watch the behind the did you watch the behind the scenes and making of the music video for You Drive Me Crazy? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes, I did. Thank you. Well, it was called making the video because they had the VH1 oh. make anyway. Yeah. That's another <laughs> that's another episode. Sorry. We're all old. We're we don't do any of these anymore. People are like, I'm sorry, the music what? Music what? We're all old and one of us didn't have cable. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, that's fine. Uh, okay, We're probably so, better off for it, honestly. I mean, the only time we've ever been able to, I've actually been able to utilize my knowledge of TRL has been in this podcast. So, yeah. so useful it's been. Uh, so we've had uh, six songs. One, two, yeah. Six. Sorry, counting is hard. Six songs. Uh, did you guys have a particular favorite? I thought about this when I was watching it because I knew you were going to ask. And <laughs> um, the answer is no. Okay. Because I... Yeah, I guess I guess the Me Against the Music for the Britney Santana duet uh-huh. and that they got to dance together and be girlfriends do you think they were um pretty mu- i mean pretty much just insinuating the britney slash santana storyline with that considering it was britney and madonna i'm assuming so but i like what a, yeah i i assumed so okay um yeah i i like that one best too um and i'm glad you said it because i could i had no idea what the name of it was <laughs> the one with britney and santana yeah yeah when we're done here we're gonna send mandy the entire discography yes i'm afraid that they're serious and some key music videos uh and she's gonna have to learn some choreography i bet we could find making the video on uh youtube somewhere oh absolutely i mean if we can't we have to go through my vhs tapes where i recorded it off trl uh <laughs> um i'll be honest i liked i'm a slave for you because i oh yeah it's on, it's on youtube yes yep making the video oops i did it again by the making way the we will should we put links, should we put links in the in in the notes we should put links somewhere <laughs> links in the, the, somewhere links in the uh, doobly-doo i'm gonna watch this later <laughs> making the video stronger that was a good one Yes. Also, making the video in sync. That is the quintessential making the video. Is the it's gonna be me? Yes, it was. Actually, well, I mean the bye 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 one was really good too because that was such a big song. And this is not important. Moving on. (laughs) (laughs) Please, please stand by for our sidebar podcast called Sidebar, where we talk about everything else that we end up ended up accidentally trying to talk about on this podcast. Um, no, I like I'm a Slave for You because I enjoy I enjoy anytime there's a really good um, dance song. It's mm. not often. Um, it's usually Heather, uh, Her- um, Harry, occasionally Kevin, but uh, getting to see really awesome dancing is always is always a, a one I like. And I kind of love this song, so i wanted to pretend i could totally do the the dance routine when i was younger <laughs> i couldn't 
I did not have a Python to do it. I lacked, that was the one thing I lacked. Um, and yeah, yeah. So that was, that was my particular favorite. Um, that was your first mistake. <laughs> first mistake, trying to do it without having a Python. So did you guys have a particular uh, favorite line? I don't know about line, but I will say there's one thing that we somehow didn't mention this entire episode. What? Uh, the Kurt scene. Oh, yeah. He did get a, a little rant. That That's, I, I wondered as I was watching it, is this them seeding the whole bullying thing and him, like, really being unhappy at McKinley? Um, Ooh, I didn't think of that. I like that. You know what? Let's go for it. Let's actually give him that because then it gives us something to talk about later. It sounds uncharacteristic of the Glee writers, but as I watch it, that's what occurred. To me. Although, although to be to be fair, they do usually have those like those pet projects or those pet you know characters or whatever whatever Ryan is particularly invested in for whatever reason at that moment mm-hmm. does do well. And I'm pretty sure it was season two. It was pretty heavily Kurt that that he was super like in on so I could see if, if anybody was going to have a character line through the season I could see it being Kurt yeah it's true. so I mean yeah it does you know so we had he's been slushied he's uh never given a solo he's told to not um do the group projects with the girls uh his relationship with Finn is super fucked up he is upset about his dad and Finn and um wow the mom what is her name Carol Carol thank you I just watched her in an episode of 911 and I was like it's the mom (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I was like ah yes there she is like shit you've got a name hold on things are happening to Carol uh so yeah I think you know if if we're gonna be generous um I told you she was a fucking nurse sorry (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> she, she's not a nurse in 911. She was a naked lady on an overpass. God damn it. <laughs> Sorry. Spoilers for 911. She could have been a nurse. Listen, yes, also I watch other lady. Ryan Murphy shows, so fucking shoot me. Um I I think if we're gonna be generous, we can say that there is enough groundwork that Kurt storming off in a huff to Dalton makes sense. I think we can say that that is not out of the blue. I didn't think, I don't think it is. I, and is I anything that happens after he storms off to Dalton in the works already? Uh, I don't know, but I, I suppose at this point, when they were writing the first half of season two, I think we can say, yes, the idea was there that Kurt was going to say, fuck this and storm off and meet his mentor. Because as we know, Blaine is a mentor to start with, who is older. Uh, so yeah, I think, and we'll have the next couple episodes because guess who's coming soon? We'll have the next couple episodes to see Sam. if that. <laughs> Yay, he's, Sam! He's so close, you guys. Sam's not in this episode. Booyah! Um, no, I bet he's coming. Ah, ah. Gross. <laughs> 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 anyway, yes, let's give him this one. We'll give him yeah. this one. Well, we'll allow it. Um, all right. It. So then, uh, first of all, how many how many Kevins would we give this on a scale from you know one to five? Uh, I mean, he gets a whole song again. He gets a whole thing. 
that annoying? It's that annoying thing that happens with a lot of arty storylines where I know it was in the episode, but I watch it and I've immediately forgotten it. <laughs> Kevin's yes, good, and I appreciate Kevin as I'm watching it. But the storylines they gave to Artie were always like back burner, but like back burner as in like behind the burners, like sitting on mm-hmm. top of like the stove. It could yeah. probably fall over to the back and no one would notice. Um. Yeah, he could like disappear and never be seen again. It would be fine. So we say like a two? So it's like a two and a half? Because I mean, you had a song, but like it's a forgettable song or like it's a. Two and a half is probably good because it's not, it's not a strong Artie episode, but. Oh, he is strong. It's, it's not strong. <laughs> it's, it's <laughs> he's saying stronger. He's saying stronger, you guys. Did you? Okay, cool. We did it there, yeah. <laughs> did you see what we did there? <laughs> we're, we're so clever. All right, and then my my other question because I just I, I love this scale for on on a scale of um, what the AV club said was what people who say glee is awful are talking about when they say glee is awful to uh, a monumental television event <laughs> chronicle uh, where would you put this <laughs> um oh, sort of the awful end <laughs> I close to the like you could pull this episode out of the season and it wouldn't matter. Yeah, right? it wouldn't change anything about the rest of the season. There's what? nothing that happens in this episode that doesn't, as far as I remember, it doesn't subsequently get brought up again, right? Like Rachel and Quinn, or Rachel and um, Finn, <laughs> Rachel and Quinn, Rachel and Finn continue to do their blah, 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 blah and Kirk continues to be happy and they, like nothing Nothing fundamental happens here. So you could just flip it right out and it wouldn't. I'm going to really say make much the only time it's probably strongly referenced will be in the next Britney episode. Right, right. Yeah. I don't know if that answers your question. I think it does. I think okay. it gives it, like, I think it, it, it kind of gives it a scale. Um, I, I definitely feel like it's oh, all closer to, to the awful, and not awful. In that it, you're just awful in the sense that, as you said, if you pull this out, um, nothing, nothing is adversely affected for the rest of the season or, yeah, or understanding. And I feel like essentially that's what one of my biggest criticisms of the writers in the show is, is that you go from so much in one episode because so many episodes, nothing happens. Yeah. All substance, no plot. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, anything, anything that we've that we've missed that either of one of you feel is necessary to bring up at this point? Do we want to promote our very special Christmas episode that's coming up? Ooh, we do. Good, good idea. Yeah, we're gonna have a very special Christmas episode because we are not gonna get to the Glee Christmas episode before Christmas. Nah, uh, it's okay. So we're gonna <laughs> listen. We have work. Um, and if we didn't have to work, we could do more episodes faster. But we so have we would to just work. say, you know, if you helped fund that coffee account so that we could stop working, that helps. Yeah, if you do more episodes, just FYI, it would be really financially solvent to quit our jobs for a Glee podcast. Yeah, we that would, would put out every single sidebar episode we'd actually make. <laughs> every time we go, we should talk about that in another episode. We that would. would. <laughs> We definitely would. Uh, yes, so there's going to be a very special 
Christmas episode, do we say what it is or is it going to be like a surprise? I feel like we should tell them since it's, since it's not well, we what have, they would expect. We have another episode that comes out before the Christmas one, right? Yes. There's going to be go. this yeah. one and then the next episode. And then because we're going to run into the holidays yeah, and we're not going to be where we're supposed to be, there's going to be a very, and where we are is the couch is what yeah. I'm saying. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Could be on a different couch. We're all so, on yeah. separate couches. Yeah. Are we? Uh, we're all on one communal mind couch. One metaphorical couch. Um, Hi, cat. Yes. <laughs> so I guess we'll announce more about that. Yes. As some dangling think, participle of interest. I think that's a good idea, just in case anybody. Uh, you know, needs to to rewatch that particular episode to understand our podcast. We should probably tell them next time. Okay. Yeah, so we'll we'll leave them hanging for this this leave on tensor hooks. Uh, that has been this this episode of uh, Glee on the Rocks. We've learned many things, but not anything in particular about Brittany or Brittany. But uh, thanks for joining us, and we'll see you again next time. And that's what you missed on Glee.